1: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm your host Sammy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman, as well uh, to join us after Indiana's disappointing 24 nothing loss uh, to Penn State Nittany Lions. Indiana is two and three heading into their open week. All three losses have come against top five current top five teams in the AP, which I will go on my schedule uh, rant as well, uh, TJ but it was the first time Indiana had been shut out uh, since October of 2000 when they lost to Michigan at 58, nothing. So it had been a long time since that had happened. Um, so it was kind of a, a bit of a wake up call. TJ, what were your feelings on Saturday? Uh, I
0: Resignation. I mean, it, it, It was kind of weird because it was definitely not like the Iowa game where IU got punched in the mouth right away, and it was kind of a question of, man, how bad is this going to get? Uh, You know, the Hoosiers handled the first, you know, initial punch from that atmosphere. Uh, They did not let the game get away from them. They they stuck in there, and I, I thought the defense was playing pretty well uh in a a tough environment against a good offense but it became very apparent very quickly that the offense was unlikely to do much of anything and i think for me it was when they failed to score after the raheem lane interception set them up at the 13 yard line i think it was um it it became pretty clear, like, look, if you can't get points out of that, how are you going to hang around in this atmosphere? And to the credit of the defense, they kept battling. They kept IU uh, somewhat within touch, but they never threatened because of a just completely anemic offensive performance. Um, And it, it really left, there were questions going into this, and there have been all year, about the play of the offensive line and about the overall uh, creativity and scheme of the offense. And I I think that leaving that contest, the questions about the creativity and the scheme and the long-term viability of an offense uh, led by Nick Sheridan and Michael Penix that clearly has not been up to standards. um, The long-term viability of that, I think, is ringing louder than ever. Um, My overall feeling was one that Indiana will not be able to compete in the Big Ten East with an offense like this. And unless dramatic changes occur over the next two weeks, which, the bye week comes at an incredibly good time for IU. They desperately need this, uh, this week off to, to rest up and prepare. If drastic changes are not taken within these two weeks to really take a look in the mirror and figure out what they need to do differently on that side of the ball, IU's going to have a hard time winning any more games this season.
1: I I agree. It's, um, You know, I I think it was a wake-up call to where exactly IU is this season. Post-game, Micah McFadden and Cam Jones said that, you know, the two words that they used, two phrases that they used um, were to look ourselves in the mirror, and the defense played outstanding. They were without Tywin Mullen all game. He was a a late scratch uh, prior to the game. They lost Reese Taylor. About halfway through, they lost Raheem Lane. Um, Michael McFadden had gone out a couple of times with the, you know, it looked like a stinger uh, and and things like that. So the defense battled. they held on to that late fourth and goal uh, at at the one. they, They stuffed Penn State there, which shows you that the defense still has fight. And that's what you want to see. And if a team has fight, you have a chance. And once that fight goes, you have no chance. So it's still there. We'll see how long it lasts uh, going into Michigan State's now the biggest game, probably the Tom Allen era. But uh, let's continue on Penn State for a minute. You you mentioned the offense. It was totally anemic. It's the first shutout uh, since 2000, so 21 years, almost 21 years to date um, that that happened. It, you know, maybe Michael Penix's injury and he Tom Allen came out today and said it's week to week uh, with an AC joint injury. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise. It'll force their hand to play Tuttle, which when Tuttle came in, the offense looked a lot better. And there were things that the offense were doing that they never did with Michael. Pennix. And it, you know, Jack Tuttle ran the ball a couple of times uh, when yeah when guys couldn't get open and got eight, nine, ten yards at a time. Um he made a beautiful back throw, a uh, shoulder throw to Ty Freifogel, who made a nice catch uh down there and, and things like that. So there's, you know, I, I I've been saying the Tuttle probably after the Iowa game probably should have started the rest of the year. Um or at least started against Idaho. And you let Mike fin- figure it out. I don't know if he was mentally ready or physically ready to play. They mentioned it on the TV broadcast that, you know, he was, his knee was hurting and things like that. And then, um, you know, late, late there in the, I guess, the second half, um, he gets hurt. Tuttle comes in. The offense starts to move the ball. He had one bad interception where it looked like the guy ran the wrong route. Uh, and he threw a duck up there and is picked off. And that—I mean—that was all she wrote. Anyway, it was probably over before then. But uh, anytime you can't score, your defense—you can't—you can't have negative points uh, as an offense. So you can't win zero to minus three. But um, the defense gave that offense a chance to win, and and, and the offense hung him out to dry. And you you got to look at it. And Nick Sheridan and Darren Hiller have to look each other in the face and, and look, at, uh, you know, look in the mirror at themselves as well and say, hey, are we doing the best we can to get this offense going? Because I don't think that this offensive line is untalented. I don't know if those talents are being drawn out in development and those things. We all know the recruiting rankings on these offensive linemen. Uh, you know, a lot of people wanted Matt Bedford Caleb Jones has, has some talent, but you know, they, they said he lost a ton of weight. He still can't move. Um, and things like that. You have Dylan Powell, who's, you know, a grad transfer from Stanford, who's played a lot of football and he's not a slouch. So, you know, what gives, and it all points down to a coaching issue. Um, whether that's in practice, uh, getting the best out of your guys, uh, you know, maybe a talent evaluation. They were all hyped up about Luke Haggard saying that he has NFL feet uh, and things like that. But this offensive line, you know, and maybe the offensive line gives Nick Sheridan a little bit more slack. Um, And I know I've been a big Sheridan defender. I've seen him call great games. It just has been few and far between. But as Kevin Wilson always said, you can't call what you can't block. and maybe that's an issue too but they got to get it figured it out figured out because it's it's do or die time you have to beat michigan state or else this season's going to go off the rails way off the rails because you're looking at um after michigan state you get ohio state and then you get um you have to go to maryland and you're if you lose to michigan state you're looking at 2 and 5 you already saw Tim Baldwin go to the the transfer portal in this day and age, you know, two and five people check out. Uh, There's some guys who have some NFL futures that you don't really want to risk injury for a team that might not go to a bowl game uh, and things like that. So if you could get if you could get to three and three after Michigan State, you know, your goals change a little bit. You're, You're not in play for a Big Ten title. Uh, you're not in play for a big, a big 10 East title. You, you're playing for, you You know, you'll, you'll win a trophy game. If you beat Michigan state, you still got Purdue on the schedule. You're playing for a bowl game and Indiana has to win a bowl game. So I, I remember preseason, all these people said all these things about, well, the next step is beating Ohio state. And we pumped the brakes on it, TJ. The next step is not, they got to win a bowl game. And this is, you know, Indiana's three losses came against top five teams, which is why you don't schedule Cincinnati and you don't schedule on the road at Western Kentucky and Cincinnati. You know, I, I don't care who I was talking to post game they said, well, you don't know what Cincinnati is going to be. When, when I used scheduled Cincinnati in 2014, they had won. Um, include, let's, if you include 2014, they had won like 33 games in four years. Uh, or something insane like that. They'd won 28 games in, in three years. So they, they were averaging eight, nine, almost 10 wins a year for three years in, in the Big East. The Big East dissolved. They moved on, and now they're back again. So, like, what with a nine-game conference schedule, you have to schedule smarter. And IU fans get caught up in, well, we don't want to see them play Idaho and, you know, Eastern Kentucky State and, you know, whatever, Hamburger University. But guess what? You're not there to watch Hamburger University. You're there to watch IU. And if you're going to complain that IU is two and three against the hardest schedule in the country, then guess what? You're going to have to play an easier schedule. And you can't complain about you, – you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's one or the other. You, you either want to play a hard schedule or you want to complain that you're two and three um, and, and things like that. But going back to the offense, it, it's got to change. Your wide receivers have to get open. I thought they did better with Tuttle in the game and, and things like that. So that's my rant on on the Penn State performance. It's It was ugly. It was frustrating. Um, and it was – you know, maybe the last straw of, of the Michael Penix starting era of, of 2021. We'll see what happens. They they said it's week to week. AC joints are are tricky. Um, but it made a tough decision, probably a little bit easier for Tom Allen. And uh, they hitched their wagon to Michael Penix. Now he's hurt again. Um, and you feel bad, badly for Penix. His body has failed him. Uh, and we've talked about that, and, and you feel bad for the kid. You don't want anybody to get hurt, but he probably should have been riding the pine after the Cincinnati game at the very latest. Uh, but they went down to Western Kentucky. They liked what they saw. He played well, and they gave it another shot at Penn State. It, it's been three three games against three pretty good teams in, in Idaho. It, it's, patterns are now... Habits, and so it's it, 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 in my opinion, it's time to make a change uh, what's your your opinion on on the quarterback um, on the quarterback situation, even though it's probably a moot point and jack Little is going to be starting for the foreseeable future,
0: yeah, so we don't know uh, how much of the offensive inability, which you know it, uh, let's let's look at a few of the standout numbers or not stand out but the ones that jump out off the screen at you the the rushing attempts versus the passing attempts Indiana in an effort to get balance I guess uh has run the ball 181 times and has thrown it 180. okay that's that's balance but they are running it for 3.38 yards a carry If you are running it for 3.38 yards a carry, you shouldn't be running the ball as many times as IU is trying to. And the number of first down runs up the middle that we have seen that go for one or two yards and put IU behind sequence is infuriating. And I, I, I don't know where the mandate for that is coming from, but that has to change. And it doesn't matter who's at quarterback for that problem. That has to change. Another issue is Indiana, while attempting 180 passes, has 95 completions. That's just a tick over 50%, and that's not good enough. It's just not. Um, and, And again, that comes back to scheme. That comes back to accuracy from the quarterback. Uh, and then the third point that has stuck out to me is just a anecdotal one from watching the games against Cincinnati and against uh, Penn State. Desmond Ritter and Sean Clifford are not speed merchants at quarterback. They're not Lamar Jackson. Uh, neither one of those guys is going to to kill you with their legs. However, both of them made a number of plays by extending the play with their legs and either picking up a critical first down by running for seven or eight yards or extending the play and then making a throw down the field that got a critical first down or a score it happened numerous times against IUS defense and that's not the fault of IUS defense more times than not that is a perk of having a quarterback that can do those things. And Indiana does not. Michael Penix does not trust his legs or his body for understandable reasons. This is not to criticize Michael Penix or his toughness in any way, shape or form. But he does not trust his body because of the injuries he's been through And it it might be a case where his body's no longer capable of making those types of plays. Either way, it's an element that is absent. I use offense and it hamstrings the entire operation, especially when you have an offensive line that is struggling. What's one thing that can help a struggling offensive line? A quick passing game.
1: Uh, A new offensive line
0: coach? Well, sure. Uh, But right now, a quick passing game and a quarterback that can extend plays with his legs or pick up first downs on third and six, and you can call uh, a play to get the quarterback outside the pocket and stretch the defense. And IU can't do that with Michael Penix. So to address your original question of what do I make of the quarterback situation, I don't know how much of the offensive struggles are on Michael Penix. How much of it is on Darren Hiller and the offensive line? How much of it is on Nick Sheridan and the offensive coordinator position and who's calling the plays? And how much of it is on the receivers that struggle to get separation and to have way too many drops, way too many drops? I mean, I I, look, Ty Freifogel has been a very good Indiana player, but When you are looking at an All-American wide receiver, watch Jahan Dotson. Because Jahan Dotson is a legitimate NFL receiver. Indiana does not have that right now. And the pedigree and the numbers that we've seen put up by Ty Fogel in years past, we are not seeing that player this year. He made some really big catches in the Western Kentucky game late, and that's great. That was needed and very well done. But by and large, we have not seen that player this campaign. So I don't know what percentage of blame goes to all of those areas. It clearly adds up all in one. The one change that you can make right now is switching at quarterback. And the injury causes this to happen. I don't see way that Michael Penix plays against Michigan State with that AC joint. Jack Tuttle's going to get all the snaps with the first team here for the next two weeks. We are going to find out how much of a difference that makes. But just changing the quarterback is not going to magically fix this offense. It's got to be a combination of the quarterback change, so the personnel change, plus a willingness from Nick Sheridan and from Tom Allen, the to push for this, to get creative with their play calling, get creative with their schemes, figure out a way to get the ball in space with some different wide receivers. Because right now, Vogel getting the majority of the targets from the wide receiver group isn't working. You've got to stretch it to other guys. Keep getting Peyton Hendershot involved. Because I think Hendershot's had a pretty good campaign when he's been asked to do anything. Need to get more of that. And now you have to figure out a way to incorporate a quarterback run threat that worries a defense. Because so far, they've not had to worry about anything. IU can't beat a team over the top without D.J. Matthews. The quarterback can't beat you with his legs because Penix could not or would not run. So what are you left with if, if you're a defensive coordinator? It's a very easy team to scheme against.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, some of the blame, uh, and I've been harsh on, on Fried Fogel and the wide receivers. Some of the blame is Michael Panic's just overthrowing guys, uh, and, and guys who are open and making easy catches a lot tougher or making tough catches just impossible. Uh, so maybe that changes. You saw it with, with the back shoulder throw, um, from Tuttle, but you're right, the wide receivers need to make plays too. I, you saw a lot of drops early uh, across the middle and maybe that was zinging it in there uh, from, from, from Michael Penix. but it's the the whole offense has got to take these next two weeks and just revamp itself uh, and figure it out. Cause Jack Tuttle, you're right. He's probably, uh, I would say he's 99.9% the, the starter against Michigan State and probably I'd say 75% chance that he's the starter the rest of the season. So what I also want to see is how are they going to involve Donovan McCully? You go back to that 4th and 1 against Penn State and that's a perfect situation to bring in a 6'4 6'5 quarterback who can run and throw uh Now you wish he got into a game earlier so that he's not making his college debut in front of 105,000 screaming maniacs in blue and white. But, um, you know, instead of running it up the gut, which has done nothing, you could maybe do a dump pass, maybe do what Penn State did with Sean Clifford and extend the play and force somebody to make a decision to either guard the quarterback or guard the receiver uh, and put some guys in some tough spots. Uh, so it, it's this is the time to open up the playbook a little bit um, or a lot because what are you saving it for? If I'm Nick Sheridan Darren Hill, I'm coaching for my job. It, it's it, Tom Allen cannot do what Coach Mallory did. Tom Allen cannot lose all this momentum just because he – is loyal to his coaches i get being loyal but you're being loyal to a fault bill mallory along with other reasons in the drop off and the drop in attendance one of the reasons why his tenure at indiana ended was because he did not get rid of george Ballou as the offensive coordinator and tom allen who everybody has said is the best iu coach since coach mal might find a similar fate because of a stubbornness and a um, loyalty loyalty to a fault to a couple guys who everybody could see um, are some of the main reasons why this offense is uh, is not performing. And you saw what the offense could be under Kalen DeBoer, and it was beautifully called. And Nick Sheridan learned learned under him, and, and Kalen DeBoer gave Sheridan uh, you know Iu there is blessing over Sheridan and things like that. But man, there was a time where I think it was eight out of nine first down plays were runs. And if you want to do that against Western Kentucky, great. Nobody's running against Penn State. No, I mean, unless you're a top two, top five team with a great offensive line, you're probably not running for very many yards against Penn State. So, what are you doing? you know it's either tom allen has to figure out what this team is going to be and what this is, he wants the future of this program to be because he's not going anywhere and unless iu fires him i don't think that's an option right now but you got to look at your offensive coordinator and if if I, allen is holding him back you got to take the reins off because you had the most hyped iu team in my lifetime come out and fall flat on their faces um, for the better part of of five weeks. And the the fan base is getting frustrated, which is – it's an easily frustrated fan base, which is also frustrating. Uh, But, Tom, you got to – football is no longer – you can hold people to 21 points and hope to win. Um, And and you have to be able to outscore people and move the ball and put the – And get your defense off the field. Your defense cannot be on the field as long as IU's defense was against Penn State. You know, IU does have good depth on defense, and we saw that in the secondary. You were without an All-American, and you played pretty well. But nobody has the depth to be on the field for 75% of the time and survive. It's just not going to happen. So the offense has to do their part. And these next two weeks, I I think are a, it is a, um, I'm trying to look for the right word. It, it's it's gonna be a telling time for how the Tom Allen era is gonna go at IU. You come out, you beat Michigan State, uh, you go to Maryland probably at three and four. If you beat the Terps, you're four and four coming home uh, or going to Michigan. Um, We'll see what they do there, but you're coming home. You should be six and five going to Purdue because Minnesota is not very good. And as improved as Rutgers is, you you should – this team should be able to beat Rutgers. They're more talented than Rutgers, and they're more talented than Purdue. So what's the problem? The talent is there. It's it's a coaching issue. And they have – Tom Allen has to get the – best out of his coaches who need to get the best out of their players because they've recruited. Well, Indiana's recruited as, 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 as well as they ever have. So what, what gives and it's player development, or maybe it's evaluation. Um, but, you know, look Graham Mertz is a four star and he stinks. So, you know, maybe the, the evaluation process needs to be looked at again, but either way it comes down to coaches um players have to play well as well but it comes down to coaches putting their players in the best position to be successful and IU hasn't done that and it's starting to it's it has been frustrating for a lot of people it's starting to get frustrating for me because it's the same thing over and over and over again and it's driving people insane it's it's got to change, and Nick Sheridan and Darren Hiller are coaching for their jobs. They're not going to make changes in season because if they had somebody who could coach on the offensive line, then this offensive line would not be this bad. So you're not going to promote from within because I don't think there's anybody there to do that, um, and you're not going to you're not going to fire somebody and hire somebody in in the span of two weeks. It's just not going to happen in mid season. Uh, and the same goes for the offensive play calling. Um, there's nobody on this staff that has called plays uh, either. So it's – unless somebody has a totally drastic scheme, it, there's no point in, in, in making a change right now. So the, the – Indiana's game plan has to be we got to fix this and we got to fix it these next two weeks – or this season's going down the drain and you might see more attrition because nobody wants to sit on a team that's two and five uh, heading to Maryland. And you have some guys who have NFL futures who don't want to get hurt in a wasted year. And that's how college football is, unfortunately. Um, and I don't, you know, you're, why are you going to mortgage your future? Uh, so, so a team could go four and eight or three and nine. It, that's just society today. It's understandable. It stinks, but it's understandable. So Indiana has to have their, uh, you know, uh, uh, come to Jesus moment, so to speak. It, it's, it's now or or never against Michigan state. And I, and I'll go out on a limb and say this, this is probably the biggest game in Tom Allen's tenure to this point, because if you lose against Michigan state, um things are going to hit the fan Uh, not only with the fan base but in the locker room and you can't go to maryland you just can't go to maryland at two and five there's no recovery you have no margin for error and if this team goes five and seven or four and eight um it's a step back it's recoverable uh but for a fickle fan base who's so scared to go back to the the paddled old year's of 2014 it, it it's an absolute must win on set, uh, on on October 16th at homecoming uh final thoughts on penn state tj i,
0: I think there were some some bright spots uh, from the defense um, you know the the biggest just throw your hands up moment was fourth down early in the game and you you try and beat Penn State with Smash Mouth football up the middle. Uh, it it was as predictable as it was head scratching, and it it was infuriating in the moment, and it still is right now. Thinking back on it, um, I I don't have a problem necessarily kick or uh, going for it. I would have kicked the field goal there, given. But but me kicking the field goal is covered by what I knew the play call was going to be and what I felt the result was going to be. It was, well, I'd rather not get stuffed on a run up the middle and turn the ball over on downs. So we might as well kick a field goal. And sure enough, go for it, get stuffed, don't get points. And the offense really never sniffed it again. So that. That was unfortunately it. Covers what was a good performance by the defense. I thought a lot of guys played really well. Um, unfortunately, you know, there was more injuries to be worried about. Um, it's a, a group that desperately needs this two weeks to heal up, while yep. the offense desperately needs the two weeks to figure things out. Um, you know, those that are. Throwing the entire squad under the bus and saying every single person you know, is under question here. Look, it's one team, and, and I get all that, um, you know, one group and everything. But the defense, I don't think they need to spend these two weeks figuring anything out. You give up only 24 points to Penn State, and you should give yourself a pretty good chance to win the game. And that's, you know, unfortunately not what happened. You go against Cincinnati and have the performance that the defense did. I feel like you feel okay about, you know, having a chance to win that game. But again, it doesn't matter because you're ultimately looking at wins and losses. But in evaluating and reviewing the overall squad, I think there's still a lot to like about the defense. The yes, offense, right. they, they have to figure out, number one, who do they want to be as an offense with Jack Tuttle? Because you can't just say, okay, well, next man up, change quarterback, let's run everything the exact same. They're different quarterbacks. They had different skill sets. And what you are running before wasn't working much better than just rolling the ball out and saying, well, let's, let's snap the ball and see what happens. And that's sarcasm, but you can't do any worse than zero points. So what you were doing was having zero success, throw it all out, Reset over these two weeks with your new personnel, which doesn't include DJ Matthews, does not include Michael Penix, does not include Tim Baldwin. You've got a new skill set or a new uh, group of personnel. Figure out how best to utilize and who best to utilize. Whether that's freshmen, they get a shot. I don't know, but you got two weeks to figure that out, and then you got two weeks to figure out how best to utilize. That new personnel. And if you can't do that, then maybe somebody else should be getting a chance to do that. Because there's a ton of innovative offensive minds that are out there at all levels of football. And you brought up Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer absolutely gave his blessing to Nick Sheridan. And that's great. I have no doubt that he thinks highly of Nick Sheridan. And that's, that's great. De DeBoer and Nick Sheridan both know way more about football than I do. It'd be very interesting, though, if Cameron DeBoer would hire Nick Sheridan right now to call plays. And the answer is absolutely not. There's no way he would. And if it's not good enough for Fresno State, then why on earth should it be good enough for IU? And if things don't improve over the next several weeks, that's the question that Tom Allen is going to have to answer. And if he does not, you're right. We we could see things deteriorate relatively quickly. Because if you have an offense that's incapable of threatening a defense, <clears throat> how long is it going to be before your defense loses heart? Because they know if we give up 10 points, we're not going to win this game. It, it's it becomes a very frustrating and dividing situation very quickly if you have one side of the ball completely incapable of holding up their end of the bargain. Now, what do I expect to happen? I do expect we are going to see a very different Indiana team on the 16th when they go against Michigan State, which by the way, Michigan State plays at Rutgers. If they win that game, there is a very good likelihood that IU is playing another top 10 team.
1: You don't say.
0: It presents a great opportunity to right the ship. And I'm very anxious to see how this group responds.
1: Yeah, it's you're, – you're spot on on everything. And I asked Tom Allen point blank on, on Saturday night after the game, what – why was the decision to not kick the field goal down 7 nothing, And why was it the decision to kick the field goal down 21-0? Uh, and his answer was he wanted to be aggressive. I, 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 Look, I get going for it. I do. I would have taken the three points to give yourself some momentum, give this defense a little bit of a break uh, and, and things like
0: that. Uh, and what to say – Analytics would say that was the correct call to go for it. And again, I don't have a problem going for it on fourth and one from that situation. It's Why are we running it up the middle? Exactly. Exactly. It's not the will we or won't we. It's the how are we going to that has been the problem in short yardage situations.
1: Yeah. And then going for it, not going for it late in the game. What's three points going to do? He just said it's to get points on the board, which means you don't want to get shut out. And it, it, that just, yeah. it was the white flag to me. It, you know, you had a, a a better throw in the end zone probably is a touchdown and he probably should have handed on to, uh, held on to it. It was also pass interference uh, on that yeah. throw as well. But yeah. how many times are you going to be in the red zone against Penn State, a Penn State defense, which is excellent, heading into their student section why not try and see what you could do on fourth and five and and try and get a first down or a touchdown? It's a excellent opportunity to practice something it's and instead you get a field goal your the left side of the field goal block team gets absolutely obliterated uh, and the field goal gets blocked, and I you get shut out anyway. so you're right. it, it
0: was a total. You There's two, two fourth down plays, complete no-shows from the blocking and the offensive line unit, complete no-shows on two key fourth down plays. And I mean, that's you're better emblematic. off putting,
1: a, better yeah, off putting a cone on it because guess what? Defense might actually trip over a
0: cone and fall down. Emblematic of, you know, the, the larger issue there. And I, I understand it's a mindset, right? It's our guys against your guys, we're going to get that one yard. Well, you know, we are tough. We want to establish our will against you and shove it down your throat and get that, that one yard and get that first down and then march into the end zone. And there's, there's this, this attitude and this hope that, well, we want this to happen and we're going to make it happen. Well, I want to be seven foot tall and dunk a basketball and play in the NBA. It doesn't matter how hard I want to. I'm still short and unathletic as hell, and I'm not going to be able to dunk the ball anytime soon unless I'm playing on my kid's Nerf goal. It doesn't matter how bad you want it or hope that it happens. Statistics on your running all season, plus what we have all watched every single week, tells you that's not going to happen. It's not going to be successful. I don't care if you want it to happen. It's not going to be. Come up with a different play on fourth and short and try and make something happen outside of the tackle box. Get Peyton Hendershot on a three-yard release pattern and say, okay, our Peyton Hendershot tight end is going to beat your covering linebacker one-on-one. I like that matchup better than I do our offensive line. is going to beat your, you know, four or five you know, NFL guys in the future defensive front. Find the matchups that are advantageous to you and exploit those. That's the key. And right now Indiana's offense is not finding any matchups that are advantageous to them. And look, if it's determined, we don't have any advantageous matchups. Well, then, our recruiting's just not damn good enough. It's got to I mean, be one of the other.
1: The cr- recruiting rankings are wrong. Because you could go out and right? find, wow. so- find those matchups. Um, and it, it's not like they're not there. Peyton Henderson might be the best tight end in the Big Ten. He nearly had back-to-back 100-yard games, um, which would have been a first, I think, for a tight end in IU history.
0: Or what, Get like him- six or seven targets? Yeah. I mean – Come on. It's not like we've got so many weapons that we're just having to spread the ball around. I mean, geez.
1: You you have a running back who's good in space. You can't get on the ball in space on swing passes. Um, There are things that they did against Western Kentucky that they couldn't do against Penn, that they didn't even try against Penn State. Um, When your game plan for Western Kentucky is more creative than your game plan for Penn State, you got problems. Uh, And that's what it was. And I use, we'll we'll talk after, we'll talk next week on Monday um, and we'll talk after the Michigan state game. But hopefully it's, we're not as, as angry or, I mean, we'll be just as passionate, but it's, this offense has got to change and something's got to give either you find a way to fix it or you get out of town. And, And that's, That's a conversation that Tom Allen has to have in private with his coaches too. You have to pull them aside and say, you're coaching for your job because this is, you're not going to be the reason that this team gets wrecked. You know, look, if you have an awesome offensive skin and your players just can't execute it or, you know, they're just not good enough. Fine. You can figure it out. You can accept that. But if your players are good enough and not, um, and not in in positions to, to win, that's on the coaching staff, and that's unacceptable. Uh, look, you you could look at Lane Kiffin down at Alabama this week. He's a damn good coach, and he knows how to put his players in advantageous, um, you know, spots. Alabama's just better. Uh, you can live with that. You, if you play your A game and they're just better, fine. Tip your hat to them and go home. But when there are advantages that IU has against the defense and they don't use them, it, unacceptable. And it's going to cost somebody to, to, their job at the end of the year. Um, probably not Tom Allen, but definitely a coordinator and definitely an offensive line coach. Uh, but it also shortens the leash to – to uh, 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 of Tom Allen a little bit because you can't you can't come back in twenty twenty two unless something magical happens and this offense goes on and scores 40 points a game and it was purely a quarterback issue that you go, these guys deserve to come back and and, and have it be a competent decision. It just can't happen. There's no way forward. Right. If the season ended right now, there's no way forward. Indiana has not scored a touchdown against a Big Ten opponent this year. And if that doesn't change against Michigan State, they've got issues. Like real issues. Um, anyway, we've gone over our rant, TJ, but thanks for joining us. A little football therapy is good for the soul. Um, we'll talk to you next Monday.
0: Winning is better for the soul.
1: It is. Yeah. Winning is better for the soul. But,
0: hey. Good old complaint session not bad either, though. So, yeah. But you
1: IU, will, we could guarantee that IU football will not lose this week.
0: That's true. That's true. So. Enjoy that, everybody. I hope you have a good week, and we'll be back here Monday to uh, preview Michigan State. What will be another tough test, but hopefully one that uh, – Ends in a better result than what we've had thus far. So, uh, again, everybody, don't don't lose the forest for the trees. IU football is still fun, and it's still in a much better shape than it has been in years past. But uh, there's some things to figure out. And hopefully, that's what happens uh, over the next two weeks.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully, that is the case, and hopefully, we could get back on uh, that. IU could get back on track. You know, we could get back to talk about, uh, uh, about wins and, and potential bowl destinations and things like that. Um, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the weekend of college football without IU football on. I know there's some good games this week as well. you got the Red River rivalry, uh, some other games. Uh, take a look around the conference, uh, scout opponents, things like that. It's nice to enjoy a fall college football Saturday before it gets too cold outside uh, and things like that. So thanks for joining us, TJ. Come back, everybody. uh, Hoosierhuddle.com. We'll have all the updates on Michael Penix's health, uh, transfer portal updates and things like that. Um, Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. If Facebook ever gets their stuff together, uh, join us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, It was an angry session today. So anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week as we preview Indiana's homecoming game against Michigan State that is on October 16th. Kicks off at noon. We'll be televised on Fox Sports 1. Have a great night.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our
2: hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
1: Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.
2: Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. One,
1: two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.